Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. You know, before they were legends of outlaw country, they were lost souls looking for their sound. Don't miss Mandy Moore and the new scripted Audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the Birth of Outlaw Country Music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the rise of outlaw country music and its biggest stars. Hear how one woman's vision in her tiny living room, far from Nashville's Music Row, became the epicenter of a musical movement. Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in The Boar's Nest. Listen now at audible.com slash The Boar's Nest. This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. Hey, it's Amy Brown here to talk about St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. For 60 years, St. Jude doctors and researchers have helped push the overall childhood cancer survivor rate from 20% to more than 80%. But we need your help getting that number to 100%. And most important, your support means that families will never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food. Now, that peace of mind means so much. So join me in helping St. Jude in the fight against childhood cancer. Become a partner in hope and text Bobby to 785-833. That's B-O-B-B-Y to 785-833. I think as far as behind the scenes goes, this could be a real good one. Episode 362, Rod Phillips. He's basically the biggest thing in country radio as far as his decisions hold the most weight. And have for probably the last five years, and probably will for a couple more years. I don't know what's happening all, all around. You know, I don't know what, but he's still the king dingling. There are other dinglings that have grown. <laughs> there, I mean, honestly, but he's still the king dingling. Like he could make somebody's career with a couple of decisions. Uh, so we had him on, and I feel like I asked him some. I'm gonna say tough questions, but I just wanted people to hear the real answers to things. Would you agree? Yeah. Like. People complain, why isn't this a single? Why doesn't this song make it? How come you, this is real country? Like, I hit him with some of that stuff, and I think this is good. And maybe it's not the sexiest radio guy on, on, on the header here, but I think it's a really good one. And so Rod Phillips, uh, just the guy, I mean, he talks a bit about his radio career, but, you know, it's partially that, but mostly it's about, you know, kind of his goal when he programs national country music. And even how he doesn't program all national country yeah. music. Like some companies have blanket playlists. We do not. Um, but you, he talks about it. And listen, yes, Rod and I are close, but I challenge him. And I've, we've always challenged each other on things. And I think that's what's great about us. But Rod and I have been together for a long, long, long time. He is the guy that really convinced me that, hey, Nashville will be awesome. I know you, th- you think you, you want to do it and you also think it's – then I, I helped get him over here. So it's awesome. So check it out. This is Rod Phillips. His official title is the EVP of Programming for iHeartCountry. Um, I think that's all. It's like I'm putting a cousin on here, like a really close <laughs> cousin on here. Uh, all right, here you go. Thank you. And episode three, which, by the way, let me say this. Go check out last week's, all the stories about first number ones. Great, great, great episode if you missed that one. Uh, wonderful job, Mike, on that one. Thank you. All right, here is Rod Phillips, episode 362. My wife called me a second ago, and she said, why didn't you tell me? I said, tell you what? She said, well, if 
Keith Urban comes over or Reba comes over, you go, hey, Keith Urban or Reba's coming over. And I go, that's cool. She said, you didn't tell me Rock and Rod was coming over. Mm-hmm. I swear to you, she just mm-hmm. called and was like, I was leaving. <laughs> and I looked at, because she has my calendar. She goes, Rock and Rod's coming to do an interview. And I didn't even get to be part of this. And so. Is this how she makes fun of me when I'm not around? I think I, she. I, I've not heard her refer to me as that. When did we find out your name was Rock and Rod? Was it your wife that told us? Uh, so no, we were we were playing basketball and somebody. My memory's bad. Who's from Paducah? Somebody's, Nick. Nick. My friend Nick. That's Nick, right. Nick, he Nick, listened Nick, to Nick. you growing. He freaked out because he listened to you growing up. Yes. Isn't that? <laughs> I've <laughs> never insane. heard Rod on the radio. It's ever. Mm. I looked. Nick has. We, and I do want to get to your radio days. But I think first we should establish yeah. that Rock and Rod, if you're listening now, if you're one of the Rock and Rod fans, Rod is now like, if not the one of the King Dinglings of country music, because what you decide determines so much about an artist's career. Now, you don't go snap my fingers, your career is now made, but you affect a lot of things that affect their career. Is that fair to say? That's fair to say. What is your title now? Because all the titles always change. It's actually even more complicated than what I'll give you, but it's basically iHeart programming executives have an EVPP title, Executive Vice President of Programming for iHeart Country. So there's other EVPPs. My EVPP status, if you will, is over iHeart Country. iHeart Country means 150 country radio stations, shows like the Bobby Bones Show, the Top 30 Countdown, Women of iHeart Country, all the things that go under the umbrella of Anything we do in country at iHeartMedia and iHeartRadio. You're the head of country. Head at, of country. At the biggest company. That's the way to say it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Because they always change the letters, and I don't know what the Yeah, there's letters. and So there's an EVPP of rock. Yes. And an EVPP of hip-hop. Yes. Okay. So Correct. Th- yep. So you are... Hispanic, top 40. Okay. And with that power comes great responsibility. And yeah, that's Spider-Man, but that's, that's also your job. Correct. As much as I'm like, hey, this guy's King Dingling, <laughs> like you really have to spend a lot of time, uh, even, you know, probably going over your decisions many times before you make them because it does affect an artist or a label or a manager's career just by you going yes or no. Would that be accurate? That's also accurate. Where'd King Dingling come by? That's just what I, when I see you, you walk okay. in, I'm like, there's yeah. King Dingling. That's Somehow I like that better than Rock and Rod. Just I like them both. The- rock and Rod, King, you're King. <laughs> rock and Rod, you're King Dingling here, 422. Come. So, but you, and we, now we'll come back to that because I do want to talk about your early radio uh, experience. You started radio in what town? Ooh, started in little old Elizabethtown, Kentucky. Tiny town. Well, near, by, near what? Uh, about 30 miles south of Louisville. It wasn't a Louisville station? No. AM, AM radio. You know how far those go. So you're in Elizabethtown, Kentucky doing what on an AM station? Man, I was hired to do to host Solid Gold Saturday Night, which was the oldies uh, show, six a, six p.m. to midnight. They did they did uh, music on AM. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were an AC station basically on AM. Mm-hmm. We played Fleetwood Mac and Gloria Stefan. How and, crappy did that sound? Oh, probably really bad. Yeah, just because AM doesn't have the the texture, the depth. The, yeah, we had we had AC on a on the AM and a country station on the FM. Wow. So, how did you get hired as a host? If you had if that was your first job, I, I was seventeen. Had never been on the radio. The, the I knew the news guy through some other stuff I was doing. So like the the voice of E Town, Ron Boone. He goes, "Oh, you should get a job in radio because there's a lot of radio jobs, and I'll hook you up with my program director." 
So I called him. But you didn't have like me. a lifetime desire to be in radio? Mm, like a 12? I never even been at a radio station, never thought about it. So some I, random dude named I, Ron? Ron Boone. Told you you should be in radio mm-hmm. and now you're running country music? Mm-hmm. I wanted to be a sportscaster like every other, you know, 17-year-old dude. Um, and we did high school basketball, football, wrestling, soccer. We did all that on the local cable TV channel. I did that with Ron Boone, who was sort of the voice of radio in the area, and he got me the job with the program director. I called the PD, and he, he I have no idea why he hired me. Literally hired me over the phone. Never met him before. I, I Did you have that there. same voice? The same voice? Be, oh, as a 17-year-old? No. Hey, I'm Rod. Rock and Rod. No. Did you call me? I'm Rock and Rod. I do, you know, I do wonder, not to get sidetracked on that, I do wonder... Especially the way we used to try to sound on the radio, if you sort of train yourself to sound, uh, you know, would I, would I, had I not been on the radio, would I have the exact same voice, you know, at my age now? I, I do wonder if we sort of trained ourselves to, to have that, if that makes sense. Hey, Mike, the movie you watch on Netflix where it goes back and forth from the two scenarios. Yeah, look both ways. So it's like she meets a dude, they hook up. One scenario, she's not pregnant, and it's her living her life not pregnant. One scenario, she's pregnant, single mm. mom. Yes. Okay, so we're going to do that with not two, one fictional scenario, but I want to walk through your career now and flashback to your career as in, to mm-hmm. go back and forth. And so just so you know why I'm bouncing around, that's kind of my vision for this. When you look back at your time here, when did you become the head of country at iHeartRadio? What year was that? Uh, summer of 2015, two years after your show started. So from 2015 to now, what artists have you seen catapult the fastest after Luke Combs? Because Mor- I, think, I think Combs is the answer, right? Combs is the answer, and Morgan is trying to catch him. And, and as on fire as Morgan Wallen has been, really statistically speaking, number of songs, fastest on the chart, number of hits, he hasn't gotten to that level of number of songs that are hits but he but he's trying right he's he's getting there so combs morgan wallen if i'm playing the game too who do you put next like a sam he kind of came out of nowhere all of a sudden he was a star pretty quickly so, uh sam but he started before luke and then he's Wait, actually before, oh combs come, right, right. yeah he started before luke combs and then he sort of has taken more breaks most of the country Artists don't take a break. I'm not even from talking about breaks, so I'm talking about how quickly they're here, and then how quickly it's like, oh, we gotta play them because they're a star. Yeah, because I think that happened before the first break. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sam was on fire. Sam was the hottest new country artist until Luke Combs, in my opinion. Maren Morse is in there. Yeah, Maren's in there too. And Kane Brown is in there. God, Kane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are five really strong ones. Strong, legit, going to be around for a long time. So. When Luke Combs appeared on our scene, I remember I used to do a little thing where it was like, all right, let's pick five artists who we believe in. Mm -hmm. And you're also at the same time going, let's pick one artist that we believe in, meaning the on the verge artist. Yeah. And you you have the power of that. So that is such a significant part of country music. Explain what the on the verge artist is and what goes into your reasoning on who you pick. On the verge is a program where we get all of our program directors onto a project at the same time. And and that matters because to you said earlier, we're the biggest radio company. We have the, the most number of radio stations. And 50 program directors could go get 50 different songs. So we ask everybody to agree on one song at the same time so it can have sort of that consistent push and escalation onto the radio, get to the most ears as possible at the same time, and then evaluate the song. And why that matters too when you said there's so many stations... There's a chart that's monitored. 
mm-hmm. right? It's not just there's a bunch of stations, so a lot of people hear it. Right. It's there's a there's a literal chart that's monitored, and you know if you have more stations that are monitored, you're able to move it up the yeah, chart. Monitored faster. meaning literally electronically, they listen to them, and when a song is played, it a computer catches and says, "Okay, we played Luke Combs, we played Marin Morris, and all of those spins." then determine spins, meaning all those plays of that music on those radio stations determine where they are in the chart. So I would imagine, again, and I've only been ankle deep in this situation, that it, it, maybe dirty is not the word, but I imagine there's some politicking going on because that's mm. a significant thing for a new artist. The biggest thing a new artist can get. Yeah. Politicking is probably the, the right way to say it. Um, and that's what labels are paid to do, promote their artists. Um, but yeah, the politicking comes from uh, you know how, how do you how do you promote better than the other guy? How, how do you make your artist, your project, the song appear or seem like it's it's more relevant, going to have a, be- a better track to success than everybody else? Um, so politicking is probably right. That also probably you, you start to say the word dirty. I mean, it, it's it, I associate it, the industry with just being dirty in general, which yeah. you probably don't as much as I do. I just get angry at everyone all the time. Yeah, um, but. So for me, I would say it's it kind of it, sometimes it gets sleazy, but uh, politicking is a word that I would use because you have to deal with it every day. Yeah. So you just know it is the nature of you're here. People want to get stuff. People sure. have to figure out what strategy they can use to get their artists that they're paid to get on to get on. Sure. So with the on the verge, they can't have a hit, right? Isn't that a thing for the most part? Like it's not an established artist at all. It's not established. We've often thought, does it matter if they've had. A hit or two, but, but but to date, you're right. No 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 artist that we've picked has had a hit or even a half a hit, if you will. I remember Luke Combs crying worked. in the studio when we told him. Oh yeah, legit. He was on the air. He started crying. Well, it's always you know we have a long list of on the verge um, folks, if you will, people that were part of the program. And it's easy to look back and go, oh, of course you picked Luke Combs, but at the time it wasn't. Of course, it was like mm, we feel really good about it, and of course that's a lightning rod. Um, most of them have been very successful in terms of the song we pick with that artist. Marin. Uh, Marin was fantastic. What were um, some of the other big ones you can think of that you think On the Verge gave him a good old... I think Dustin Lynch was the first. He was before you or I came to Nashville. I believe he was the very first On the Verge. That obviously worked well. Uh, Sam Hunt was On the Verge. Um, I shouldn't have the list because it's pretty, it's, it's pretty fantastic. I mean, again, the, the rate at which our programmers collectively pick the song and, and you know no you put 50 people in the room 50 people are not going to totally agree on a song but we try to get the one that's got the most kind of action around it that everybody agrees is going to be a hit um yeah i wonder who else is on the list we should it's, look at it it's significant cam she got it immediately right we did a couple of those right too where we kind of worked An- together ingrid andrews chris so jansen I, I popped by me a boat our listeners popped it and you were like well can't fight this mo- th- this momentum Huge song. Uh, Jansen and Cam with Burning and launched And literally launched a career. Yeah. yeah. So, flashing back, you're in Elizabethtown, you're working at an AM station, you are hosting some gold show, right? Like, like Solid gold Saturday night. Now, is that like a disco, or is that like old gold as in like big hits from the past? Yeah, it was kind of everything. We played, you know, all that uh, Motown from the 60s and some of the disco stuff from the 70s. It was basically a Saturday night party show. Did you develop a love for radio, or did you go, I can't believe I get to do this and get paid? Uh, both, uh, we, in the business, we talk about catching the radio bug. People probably catch different bugs in their industry, but I'd never been to a radio station, walked in, got trained and was on the air the next night, which is still crazy. I don't care how small of a town it was. Somebody, somebody put me in charge of our radio station, which was weird. 
Um, but it worked out. And, and from, really from very early on, I realized this is the only thing I want to do. I mean, I caught that bug just Why? being at a radio station. Was it station. the music? Was it the... It definitely wasn't the music. I, I've never been like a music aficionado. I mean, it's always interesting to me how much you know and how how many lyrics you know and the Me history. specifically? Yeah, you. Yeah, and I'm much, not even in it for music. Yeah, you you know music at a much deeper you know level than I ever have. Again, I wanted to be the sports guy. I just yeah. wanted to talk about sports. Um, so it was more about the the exciting part for me in a studio with a microphone and we played music that didn't matter to me as much what the music was as you know you get into it and you're you're the dj i mean there's kind of an ego thing about that i I liked doing i liked being that person it's funny i've never thought about the fact that i don't really associate myself with doing this job for music at all but i freaking love music yeah i think i would anyway even if i didn't work in this because i don't do it because the same with same with you i don't do it because the music I'm surprised that wasn't the start for you, though. None. Just with your, your 0%. music knowledge. None. Absolutely none. I have things to say, and I want people to hear them, and I want to compel folks. That was always it. Yeah. Just have a love for music like I do sports. Is that why you were so open to, to switching from being a host that played top 40 music? Sort of. You didn't really play music that much on your show, but it was mm-hmm. on a top 40 station. And, and to me, you were... You were super open-minded to go into country. That's very different in our world. That may not mean much to a listener, but is that why you were okay? Because you were able to have a bigger voice? Uh, yes, and also you were like, you don't have to change your show. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that was a big part of it. Yeah. Because I was, when I was in Austin, and you know, I built from one station, and just the quick version of this is you know, I had hustled and got a couple other stations, but you were the first person to ever put me on anywhere inside the company. And so it was the first stations I didn't have to pay pay money out of my own pocket to do, honestly. Yeah. Where you put me on in, in the markets? In, yeah, in Georgia somewhere, Alabama somewhere. Listen, it was it was Do you know? I mean, yes, I do. Albany, Georgia. Yeah. Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Yeah. Um should have been I, I think those Florida. were the first two though. I right? mean, there, but there were several. They came. Yes, and soon yeah. after that, but you were the first person to ever Tell me, that, hey, you're you're good enough to do this, and we should be using you because we can also get better by using you. First person ever, I, and I've said this many times, but that's why you spoke when I got put in the Radio Hall of Fame. Who else am I going to ask? Hmm. My friend, and also the first person who ever believed in me. Yeah, and that that was literally it. And so I remember, and you weren't running the format, and I wasn't in the format, but they obviously knew that I don't trust anybody, but probably you. And you said, hey, you're not going to change your show, like. Yeah. There'll be some little corners in some places you'll have to uh, kind of, you know, manipulate how you do things, but you do your show or we wouldn't hire you. And I was like, all right, cool. Then let's well, give it a run. That was my pitch to John Hogan, was our, who was our CEO at the time, was, hey, we're looking for a country show. We have a top 40 show that 85% of the content, it could be on country morning radio right now. And the other 15% is a, maybe a little too aggressive for the people who listen to country and a little more of a family atmosphere that we had to protect. And it probably wasn't even 15%, let's be honest. You didn't have a top 40 show that was talking about sex and No bad words. And no, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, wasn't, it wasn't edgy for top 40, but it was obviously crazy popular and successful. So the fact that we could take that content and keep it similar, because the whole point was not to change the show. It's too, it's too uh, natural. <laughs> So we didn't want you. We didn't want anybody to play a part to be the country guys. I think my edge came from authenticity and 
Technology. Why technology? Because I was doing crap before anybody else was. We, yep. were, we were investing in podcasting before it was even a thing. We had somebody sit and write notes on every big bit of the show so we could load it up so people would go podcast it. Yep. And so whenever it became a thing, we were already sitting there going, we're here, we're ready for you. Yep. You know, come on with it. And so, yeah, I felt like you said, hey, you're not going to change the show much. And I had to change a couple things. Yep. But for the most part, I'm a dude from Arkansas. Sensibilities there are the sensibilities here. And I was probably too country to do pop realistically. And so here we are. Move here is crazy, crazy part of my life. And then you weren't here. That was the weird thing too. Yeah. I move here and you're like, let's go. You can do it. <laughs> All right. So where are you gonna where are you gonna meet me? No, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, what the crap? And so and, and you you end up coming later on, but back to Kentucky and solid gold, you're on the air. And when do you leave and where do you go? Well, I was 17, got hired as a senior in high school, so then I went to college. And my goal, and happened fairly quickly, was to go to Kentucky, UK, in Lexington, and then just start hitting the... I don't know why I decided then, or how I even knew I needed to talk to the top 40 program directors, but there were two radio stations, and I pitched both PDs on on putting me on the air. And the smaller, less successful station... <laughs> Agreed to hire me. So you didn't get a job before you left? Like you didn't go, I'm going there, I'm going to start sending tapes over and beg for a job? No, I was going to go to college in my, and I had other part-time jobs, but I, I wanted to continue this cool radio thing. I was, you know, in my mind, I'm like, oh, that's cool. I, I want to keep doing that. So you moved to Lexington? Moved to Lexington, uh, you know, got a degree in communications, um, really just because that was the closest thing to broadcasting. Um, they didn't have a... a, a a dynamic broadcasting school thing to, to go to. Uh, but that was just to kind of check the box. I was always going to go to college. Go to college, check the box. Um, it was more important to me to get the job at the radio station. So I had a full-time job in college the whole time. I was doing nights on the Top 40 station. Your day-to-day now, different than when you were programming individual stations, do you have any sort of music log? Like, What do you do? I mean, I know what you do macro and like what you oversee, but like, yep. what are you, because it's, it's weird when a position gets so high up, like, what do you do every day from yep. nine to five? A lot of people probably wonder what I do, the people who pay me maybe. I, I do program some stuff via music directly every day. So I program the iHeart Country channel. That, that means other things, but there's an iHeart Country channel on the iHeart radio app that is... Last I checked, the most listened to channel on the app, which is cool. Right? Really? So yeah. of, of all the app, mm-hmm. the iHeartCountry channel more than anything else? Yep. Pretty it's cool. Got the most, nut, most different people listening to it. But pro- I mean, our show's on in the morning there too, right? Your Live? show is That's on. a big factor, hopefully. A hundred percent. Your show is the morning show. Um, we have other hosts through the day that um, are across the country. And then we build, so that's a, that's a radio station like any other radio station you're used to hearing when you get in your radio and turn it, or when you get in your car and turn on the radio. So I program that. That has some influence across the country in terms of our other radio stations. There's pieces of it that play elsewhere. So it's a sort of a big piece of the puzzle that impacts the chart, which that's the day-to-day that I personally program that has an effect. And then I work with literally every program director we have and we talk about music and we we think about, you know, where can we expose new music in different places so we're not all playing that? the same music. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Will you go, okay, Midwest, we're looking at Michigan, Wisconsin, Iowa. Will you take a section of the country yep. and go, okay, we're going to do Bailey Zimmerman here and see how, it, how just what the research says. Literally, he's who I was picturing as you're asking the question. He's from central Illinois. 
So it would make sense that it could start out of the Midwest. Now, he's had an, a, an amazing start from a streaming perspective, and a lot of stations are paying attention across the country from coast to coast. But absolutely, we, we feel like there's certain music that pops in different parts of the country first. You know, Midland was able to do more in Texas. They were from Texas. Uh, Granger Smith came out of Texas and had, had, you know, easier access to radio stations playing music there. Um, for the most part, once you're Luke Bryan and Blake Shelton, everybody's just adding the music. But we encourage more and more, let's find the people who make sense in an area to give it its best shot there. And obviously you're not going to put on 18 new artists all from Minnesota in Minnesota. Right. But there possibly could be someone who is mm. getting their first radio shot. Maybe they wouldn't get it on a national brand. Or mm. maybe they only get it on one station, but instead you can go, this is a section of the country we feel good about, and we're going to give somebody a shot that probably wouldn't get a shot. Minnesota. Noah Schnacky is from Minnesota. So our program director in Minneapolis, Greg Swedberg, you know him, put him on that radio station and played it a lot. He gave it a shot out of, out of Minnesota. That's much more, and I won't call it local, but localish than I actually imagined it being, that you're making decisions based on regions and people from regions and the tastes of people in those regions or relationships they have with artists because they've been local for a while. I think, heck, I don't think I knew that. Yeah. Well, I think even a couple or a few years ago, we realized that that we had gotten away from it, meaning the industry of radio had gotten away from it. And we've had this conversation with our, our programmers across the country to, to, to you know, for those folks to let us know who who's coming out of Fresno, California, or wherever, and in really encouraging them. I, I think I think too many programmers have, have sort of gotten caught in having to play the. I mean, we want to play the biggest hits, and we want our PDs, PDs meaning the program directors, to know that they have absolutely the green light. And beyond that, it's like bring that music to us that we should be paying attention to, and let's try it. So you're saying you don't hand a piece of paper down. Oh, you go, yeah. everybody, this is a national piece of paper. You must adhere to it line for line. Correct. Some radio companies do. It, I always thought that was some urban legend. No, that's true. That's true. Because I knew we There's did. one company in particular, and, and, and I don't really want to call names. It's just not a beneficial enough. Nobody will know who we're talking about. But there's a big radio company that has done it and then stopped doing it, and they're doing it again. So, And they do it in country. The country stations are are sent a list, here's, here's what you'll play and how often you'll play it. I think iHeart gets a bad rap as the one doing that. Yeah. Because iHeart's just the biggest company, most influence. For sure. But I didn't really know that was a thing. And we do things, again, sort of commonly when it makes sense. If Luke Combs puts out the song he just put out, we want every, it's not like we have to talk anybody into playing that. We all play at the same time. So yes, it's easy to, to appear that you're all doing it at the same time because somebody's telling you to. Uh, but we we really don't. I, I spent a lot of, of my time reiterating back. You're you're right. That's easy to get that perception, and even our closest uh, business relationships with people who work at labels who promote music. I think sometimes they question it, not in a bad way. They're like, okay, so you're sure <laughs> that you don't just tell them what to play, and we we assure them. Of In every pair of Tacova's boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. A great pair of Western boots will elevate a casual look or add a refined flair that'll draw both eyes and compliments. Tacova's boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they'll last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tacova store. 
where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. They offer custom branding and leather stamping if you want to personalize your boots or fine leather goods. And stay cool in short-sleeve moisture-wicking pearl snap or make your own shade with one of their classic straw hats, new in both men's and women's styles. And if you're planning to hit the road, Tacova's ever-growing lineup of rugged and full-grain leather bags will get you where you're headed in style and are built to last decades. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. Tacovas.com. And don't go gently, y'all. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. I just want to say thanks to everybody who has stepped up for the kids at St. Jude. St. Jude's been leading the way in the world's best survival rates for some of the most aggressive forms of childhood cancer. Your support means that families never get a bill from St. Jude for treatment or travel or housing or food so the families can focus on helping their child live. And that really hits home for me because I've been to St. Jude many times. I've hung out with the kids, played music for the kids. I was in the hospital a lot as a kid. Now, I didn't have cancer, but if it wasn't for people stepping up, I don't know that I would have been able to go and stay in the hospital and be taken care of. So that's why we do this, take care of others. You can help St. Jude stop childhood cancer by becoming a partner in hope. When you do this, you'll get this awesome new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. So join all the doctors and researchers, you know, and me in this fight and just text the word Bobby to 785-833. It's only six numbers, but text the word Bobby to 785-833. This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. So educate me on, if somebody calls and goes, why don't you play track seven from Blake's album called Kickin' Fish? Mm. That's a good one. Why don't you play that one on the radio? Yeah. I wouldn't know it if I wasn't in it. And I say that, I get, I get that call a lot. And I, every six months, I'll explain. So I'll do it on the air and be like, okay, here's how, kind of how it works. But educate me on how a song ends up on the radio because it's got to go through a lot of steps before that. Sure. Well, it, it really starts outside of, our industry being the radio industry. It starts from the artist and probably the manager working with the label, meaning the folks that, that run uh, Universal Records or Warner Music Nashville. They go to their label, and they've got people who work in A&R uh, who are picking what they think are the best songs in terms of we think this sound has the best chance to be a hit, typically on the radio or wherever else they're pushing music. So songs come to you. Already, like this is the song. Correct. They're, they not, come. Not they, here's eleven songs. Pick whichever one to play on the radio. Correct. It's a single song from an album or the next single from the album, and they say we think this has the best shot. We hope you agree because we're going to push this. Now, as a program director, either on a national or local level, I can go get a different song, but if I'm going to be the only one playing it, and everybody else is playing the song that a bunch of people who are experts in their own field have picked, then you're always sort of just going to be an outlier and you're not participating in the song that's most likely going to be a hit. And it's hard to change a single song's trajectory by being one or two or just five stations. Correct. It almost has to be a a unified front as proposed by the record label. Correct. So they come to you, they say, this is the single. Kick and fish. I just made that up. 
So they bring you kick and fish and you're a radio, you're the guy. But do, do, does every single get pitched to you? Like every single one of them from every artist? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So they all come, every song comes to you. But then what do you do, especially if it's a new artist? Well, <laughs> I mean, that's a loaded question. Um, you know, we, we, at any given time, there are mm, probably 75 to 90 songs being pitched. Oh, all new. Like 75 to 90 new songs. Yeah, well, let's just say, let's say 30 of them are, 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 are already solidly on the chart, what you play on your countdown. Okay. So now there's what? There's 45, call it. 45, 50, sometimes 60 songs. And you're choosing from those songs to decide one or two to put on a playlist that week. I mean, you might put three or four on in a week sometimes, but that's you usually don't have that much room. I mean, there, there's usually the 30 songs you have to play because they're, they're solidly on the chart, some other stuff you're playing in a new category. Now you're deciding from the rest what you think has the best chance. Now, if I know that Dirk Bentley's coming out with a song, he just released Gold, I think it's fantastic. Suddenly that kind of goes to the front of the, the line, if you will, from a selection process. Um, but all, all of them are available. And then to the point we made earlier, if Noah Schnacky's got a song in Minneapolis and Greg thinks that's good, he may go and get that one, and that might be the 66th song being pitched. Um, so it's that's why it's not easy. I mean, you know, Luke Combs emerging and becoming a superstar is, is, is not the norm. So if Kick and Fish is presented... Someone calls me and goes, no, man, I like that song. My butt wears a cowboy hat, and if you don't play that, you ain't country. Mm-hmm. That's not on us, because it wasn't presented to For the most part, radio. Right. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even an option, to, because anyone in radio knows if they play it, they're by themselves. And right. if they're going to create a story, it's going to take forever, because it's one station. Right. So it isn't the person's fault at the radio station. It isn't the person's fault that's running the radio company. It's not anyone's fault. It was just a song was chosen by the record label and the artist. Yep. I think there's, and I would be confused about that too if I hadn't worked inside of this for a long time. But also, I'm I'm almost starting to be a bit disconnected from the radio part of it mm-hmm. because I don't do that really as much anymore. Yep. Which I like that because then I get feedback from you on other stuff that's yeah uh, that that I, that I haven't heard about yet. I like that too. Yeah. I'm being honest with you. <laughs> yeah, no, that, it's it's a good thing. People be like, "Why does radio?" I'm like, "Bro, I don't know. I don't know what's going on." Yeah, you know, and I'd be like, "Well, let me call Rod and ask a question or two, But I really don't know anymore. So, okay, you have a song that goes, and you're picking it. You're putting in new music. Is there like a national new music category? Because the national that's that's quite the big word with a lot of if it's playing national, it's getting a lot of spins. Not on the verge, but where would you put a song that you like? That's a, that's a song you're like. I think this has got a lot of potential. Do you put it at every station at 2 p.m.? Do you put it, like, what do you do as soon as the song's new artist, new song, you believe in it, but it's not the On The Verge? Well, I don't put them at, at every station in terms of the the stations that iHeart owns. Um, but again, I, I, I have influence in terms of, when, when you say national, we have some programs that do go out nationally. Your show, Women of iHeart Country, you obviously pick some music for that. We pick some music for that. So when we pick the songs that go on that show, it plays, you know, that weekend on 150 different radio stations or 125, really. Um, but you know, because we're sort of the na- we control the national pieces, we're not taking as many 
out there, out of left field chances as individual stations or regions of the country might be. If that makes so you sense. let them experiment we're sort a of ta- more. Yeah, we're sort if of taking. If they screw the, up, it's not going to hurt as bad. Right, we're and taking if, the best of the best, if you will. Yeah. Um, and, and then the the, the ones that are going to be the best, it's okay that we don't go with them immediately because I, I always say the the I, I do believe the hits rise right to the top. I mean, it's hard to hold a real hit down. I'm sure there's a lot of great music that never makes it because it's like there's. Great basketball players who the NBA never discovered, right? Um, but for the most part, the best hits, I think, do make it through the clutter, if you will, of a lot of really good music. Um, but from a national standpoint, we can sort of wait and see what pops out of the you know, Southwest or um, out of Florida or something that then shows itself that wasn't already obvious. Do you get, at your position, people going, what are you doing, man? That ain't country. Or does that, yeah. Music? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah it's still, yeah, that sure. reaches you. Oh, yeah. Mm. Who would tell you that? Um, well, so that's a good point. When, when, when you asked it, I, I get the feedback because we also, a uh, big radio company, we still do more research probably. But nobody anybody. comes to you. I, I'm saying because if somebody, mm-hmm. you don't have a face that people know and connect with country music because right. you're the guy making the decisions. You ain't the guy that's up front being like, I'm the mm-hmm. guy. I have that. I have the face that's up front. People can get to me very easily. They can call yep. me. They can message me. And, you know, they're like, you suck. You're not country. This music's not country. So I hear it all the time. Yeah, that's true. I guess it's not a one-on-one personal. People are not contacting me personally. But I feel the feedback because we ask a lot of people and then we roll up under research teams. But what are, what are country fans in total saying about, you know, the strength or lack of strength or what they like about country music, what they don't like about country music. So research, I don't know. What is that? So research is like any company. They reach out to consumers. I mean, we find ways to find people who listen to the radio, who listen to the Bobby Bone show, who listen to country radio and don't listen to your show, um, who, who consume country music on streaming, but not so much on radio. We talk to all those people. In other words, we reach out to them. And we talk to them about why they're using things and you collect that data, but you also reach out to those people and, and now it's online. They, people go and listen to pieces of music online and they tell us what they like and go, here's a link. We can definitely find people. We can definitely send them to, and this happens in, you know, the auto industry. I mean, I get them all the time. Well, you go and we want to ask you questions about Ford trucks. Um, so we do the same thing. How many people do you think is a good sample size for a week of, making decisions about music? Well, um, I mean, I can tell you that, that, that radio stations can, can use 100 people and feel good about it. Now, that, that's sort of over time, too. You wouldn't want to go and have one research project for the year and talk to 100 people in any town. It's, it's too narrow. But if you're consistently talking to a group of 100 and another group of 100 and another group of 100, over time, you can see what people's tendencies are if you will so you usually I mean, most research companies don't talk to even when you you look at a gallup poll i mean you would probably know better than me but uh they'll survey where where the presidential race is and they'll be talking to nationwide couple thousand people yeah nationwide yeah like yeah. N- not a lot so but what you're saying is you do depend on people's opinions sure on the uh, format on, on the actual the artist, the actual on the music. Song, yeah we ask them what they think about Luke Bryan as a persona versus, you know, here's Luke Bryan's song. What do you think of it? 
Um, we ask them what they think about their radio station, what they think about the morning show on that radio station. We ask them a lot of stuff. You make decisions on personalities as well. You know, that's part of your job. Yes. So also the people that are on the radio. Right. Who's good? Besides Mike D? Besides Mike D? Who's we good? We love Mike D. Um, I only boy. want like five, though. I know. And you're going to forget, gonna people. forget the right. one that should be right. on the list. Absolutely right. I'll this tell you, happens to you all the time. I will time. tell you who I messaged. And you can actually um, talk about her and say her name and stuff. But I, I hit you up the other day and I said, hey, there's somebody that I really admire what she's doing on the air and, and mm-hmm. she's branched out into sports. And I was like, let me get, I, I've only met her once. Uh, but I was like, let me get her number. I want to call her and tell her I'm, that I'm jealous of what she's doing because it's super cool yeah. and she's inspiring a lot of folks. Like when I think of people that's doing all, like she comes to mind and she's had a couple names. That's the weird <laughs> thing about radio too. Well, yeah. People have, and so we're, well, I've had Rock and Rod and Head Dingling or whatever you King call Dingling, that. King is Dingling. Your, that is your King, current name. King Dingling. So, okay. Where does she work? Not Madison. She's in Milwaukee? Milwaukee. It's in Shanna. Her, her name now is Shanna. Shanna. But what did it used to be? Quinn. Okay, I think I knew it. In was. my phone, it's Quinn. Yeah. It's a, it literally says Quinn or Shanna. Yeah. I'm not sure why she has two names. I don't either. I would put her on that list for me of people that I think is doing really great things right and now. And I think had you not said that, don't get mad, Shanna. I, I, she, I maybe wouldn't have thought of her. And then I'd, later I'd have been like, damn it, she should have been in the top five. You know what's funny though? I don't know what she sounds like and that doesn't matter to me. So... I know what I see people doing. Right. And and creative decisions, strategic decisions that always come with a little risk. And I go, that person's killing it. Mm-hmm. And I, I see her and I go, that's awesome that she's able. She's, she's the first female on the Green Bay Packer broadcast team. Yeah, so she does afternoons on our country station. She she hosts the afternoon show. That's all, like, it's amazing. And, and now she's doing... And by, and by the way, that pack, I mean, I'm a Packer fan. But that, I will say that broadcast team is really good. I think they're... They're so, so, you want to talk about who's good? They're they're amongst the top five in my mind for for the NFL anyway. And now she's on that team. That it, by the way, I'm jealous too. Like that's yeah. I told fun. her I was like, hey, it's I'm not never jealous of folks. Like and <laughs> I, 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 one, I won't admit it to them. Like because I'll be like, I, yeah, no, I don't even know what you're doing. But like I am was I was like I'm openly jealous because that is so cool. The only other person I tell that to is Charlemagne. We're dearest friends, and I'm like I'm yeah. freaking so jealous that you get to do this. And I have that jealousy, but it's such a healthy, respectful jealousy. Mm-hmm. That, that So I, I list her. Okay, give me somebody else that's good. That's doing things where you're like, okay, they could do this here on the radio. If they wanted to go and do it in the streaming podcast world, they could do it. Like Just like a talent that you go, there's something there, and there always will be something there. Well, uh, one of the first, one of the first that comes to mind is Waz. He does mornings with uh, Carletta. Waz is the host, if you will, of the Country Morning Show in Cleveland. Do you know Waz? Mm-hmm. He was in Raleigh for a while. Um, he, he's, to your point of, you know, besides radio, he, he does a good radio show. The ratings are good. It's successful. But he's also an interesting guy who can do other other we'll things easily. Up. You know, he D- does... W-A-Z? W-A-Z-Z. Was kind of dumb name is that? Uh, yeah, well... Bobby Bones. Bobby I, I better say that. I better make that joke out loud because people will be like, why are you attacking Waz? Steve Waz? Yeah. Is his name Steve Waz? Yeah. Okay. All right. I mean, he just has cool stuff where he, he creates videos. I should say, you know, it was years and years ago that he was doing, he would send out a video air check and it was a cartoon, kind of like we've done with your show. But he was doing it early on. And I'm like, well, that's unique and different. And people who find ways to, you know, 
sort of express their talent in in different platforms. I mean, you and I paid attention to that for a long time. So aside from what he's doing daily to do a morning show, I think he's interesting in today's world of multimedia. Yeah, so I think the cartoons great. are cool. I didn't even know they were happening. They'd be like, hey, check out the cartoon we made cool. of you. I'd be like, how about that? Well, it's all Amy and Lunchbox, but it's still kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they're cool. So you ever make a decision and go, dang, missed big time. Not because of the decision you made, maybe the person you didn't play that later blew up and you're like, missed it, missed that one. Who'd you miss on? Oof. I'm wondering if I'm missing on some now, but but I got to think about that. And who do I mean? There's definitely you know your personal opinion only goes so far, and uh, I mean you you know this as much as anybody. I mean, program directors who play music become very opinionated and think they can hear the hits and pick them. I mean, I did. Uh, I think in country, it's sort of exasperated i think there's a lot of opinion going into the decision the decision making meaning meaning personal opinion which yeah, way, I think too, we, way too much way i think we much. have to be careful of right what, what you personally like could and how many times have you heard it have you heard it twice or have you heard it 25 times because your opinion changes as you hear music over time that's anybody right um some people hear a song and they instantly like that that's very very rare though um so the question is what did i miss man i'm, I'm sure i've missed like a bunch. who did you miss where like, I think when I look back, I was looking to see if Kane was uh, on the verge, and he wasn't. He was, and we were... I mean, he was we were, on the verge? Kane no, was? No, 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 he wasn't. You're okay. right. We, and, I mean, but it was close. I mean... I, I, we remember, were, I remember the conversation. Well, he was making a lot of noise yeah. in the right way, meaning he was on YouTube with videos that were interesting, and it was, you know, it was a little more... Uh, I don't know if raw is the right word, but I mean, it was, it was... When you're singing with the speaker on the ground, yeah. and you're getting three million views on Instagram of that... Yeah. Raw is a good word, okay? Because that's what I would. Call there it. wasn't a lot of money being put into Kane. Yeah, whenever he was first expected, he made noise. Yeah. By the way, I'm the biggest Kane fan in the whole wide world, and I only say this because I love Kane, and he would not care if we talked about this. But Raw is a great word because yeah. he did it from such a place where nobody scooped him up and said, "Here's millions of dollars, dollars, kid. We're gonna make you a star." Yeah. People started to pay attention, and slowly that team got bigger. And and, and radio and, and iHeartRadio was certainly paying attention, but we. We, we almost couldn't decide when to pull the trigger, I think is what that was, right? It was a matter of which song was going to be the one to sort of expose him to America, and that was hard to find. With Luke Combs, it was a little more the time. Everything was lined up. He had record company ready to go. He had, he had all, all, all of the bats ready to swing at the same time with Hurricane, which, again, was an easy-to-hear song that had a, you know, was going to sound great on the radio and probably be a hit. Yeah, he's organized. Oh, yeah, it was very organized. It was, it, it was ready to go. He, yeah. Red D. Do you get calls constantly from artists? Not constantly, but I do. I mean, it is weird when... It's weird when superstar artists call me. What do they say? Uh, hey, Rod. <laughs> it depends. I it's, mean, a, it's a pretty yeah, good intro. I, I yeah. mean, the, the ones who call me... You know, it's a great question, by the way, because this doesn't happen in, in most formats. Now, I don't know. Maybe Drake calls Doc Winter. Doc does what I do, you know, for the for this company for for our urban and hip hop stations. Very possible they have that relationship. Doesn't happen in top forty, as you know. It's not like Justin Bieber was calling program directors. Justin Timberlake might have back in the day, occasionally, but it was to like Tom Pullman. It's pretty prevalent though here. Here, yeah. You know, I I mean, it happened the other day. I looked down. I'm like. It still freaks me. It doesn't freak me out. It's it's still I still notice it when Keith Urban is calling. I'm like, why would Keith Urban call? He's the best, by the way, right? So when he calls, it's kind of just to catch up. 
I mean, we 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 uh, made some noise uh, around his new single, which means we we you know played it on most of our radio stations to kind of launch it that day. And he was just super appreciative and called and thanked us for it. Keith Urban calls your phone. Do you answer it like, "Hey, man, are you like a little up? Do you have to be somebody, or do you just like when I call, you're like, "Yo, what's up?" I mean, I'm a little probably, a little more up than. Yeah. I, I mean, you and I talk a lot. My favorite. In every pair of Tacova's boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. A great pair of Western boots will elevate a casual look or add a refined flair that'll draw both eyes and compliments. Tacova's boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they'll last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tacova store where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. They offer custom branding and leather stamping if you want to personalize your boots or fine leather goods. And stay cool in short-sleeve moisture-wicking pearl snap or make your own shade with one of their classic straw hats, new in both men's and women's styles. And if you're planning to hit the road, Tacova's ever-growing lineup of rugged and full-grain leather bags will get you where you're headed in style and are built to last decades. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. Tacovas.com. And don't go gently, y'all. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. I just want to say thanks to everybody who has stepped up for the kids at St. Jude. St. Jude's been leading the way in the world's best survival rates for some of the most aggressive forms of childhood cancer. Your support means that families never get a bill from St. Jude for treatment or travel or housing or food. So the families can focus on helping their child live. And that really hits home for me because... I've been to St. Jude many times. I've hung out with the kids, played music for the kids. I was in the hospital a lot as a kid. Now, I didn't have cancer, but if it wasn't for people stepping up, I don't know that I would have been able to go and stay in the hospital and be taken care of. So that's why we do this, take care of others. You can help St. Jude stop childhood cancer by becoming a partner in hope. When you do this, you'll get this awesome new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. So join all the doctors and researchers, you know, and me in this fight and just text the word Bobby to 785-833. It's only six numbers, but text the word Bobby to 785-833. This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. When someone says, why do the same three songs get played over and over again? So that the most people in a given uh, hour, day, or week have the best chance at hearing the most popular song. So if we play a song at 1 o'clock and you get in your car at one ten, and we don't play it for the rest of the day, you, you're like, why isn't my station playing my favorite song? Um, so you obviously can't play a song every 10 minutes, so there's this fine line between how... You know, how many different songs can you play and how fast can you play it again? Because people who, some people get in the car and they, they're, they go, they've got a long drive or they, they listen at work and they listen for three hours. And if they hear the same song twice, they might say to themselves, well, I already heard that song. That might annoy them. But, but typically, if it's a popular song, you don't mind hearing it again. Typically. And, and Pop, we played it a lot more. 
Oh, I feel yeah. Like. I feel like we oh, yes. really, like um, every hour, 15 minutes almost, it felt like. That's probably the math. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that feels like that's what it was. Yeah, I know the math, but yeah, that's probably the math. Do you, do you graduate from Kentucky? Yeah. With what? Uh, I had a BS in communication, uh, a BS in a communication school, journalism. I guess the BS is in journalism, minor in sociology. Are your parents proud? Mm, of that? Yeah. That's a good question. I'm telling you, like at that point, you're I, 22, 23. Are they like, I, well, 20, so at that point, I was full time in radio and it was just a matter of get the degree. I didn't go to my graduation. I was like, eh, I don't want to go. So I was so focused on career and I was just getting college done to say that I had the degree and put it in a frame. And I couldn't tell you where that is now. But I mean, I'm sure they're, they were proud of it. But me. it wasn't like, look at you. Rodney, you just graduated college. We're so proud of you. It wasn't about college that they were proud of. I, I think at that point, everybody was sort of into this radio thing and what, what's that going to be, and they were, mm. they were super proud of that, right? I mean, that, yeah. that's probably what they were. If my mom was telling anybody what's up with me, I'm sure it was a radio update, not that I was about to graduate. Your parents, if I'm correct, they met and then got engaged a few days later? Three days. True story. That is not made up. It's weird. Three days. Now, do you think? What do you think about that? I think it was weird. Like it's three <laughs> days, man. They got married, so three days. They got married within three months, and to get married, he was already over in Germany, so he had joined the army, and he knew he was going overseas, and he was going very quickly after that, after that to Vietnam. It's just a matter of time. So she flew overseas. To marry him. Wow. Three months later. That's really, I mean, your mom talking. flew to a different country to marry your dad. Yeah. Crazy. I mean, this is not like, you know, falutin families that like fly across the world. I mean, I'm, right. I, I, most of my, I, I would say most of my family still hasn't been on an airplane, right? That, that kind of distant cousins and aunts and uncles, a lot of them had never fly. She got on an airplane and went overseas to get married. It was crazy. You leave Lexington and go where? Uh, left Lex as soon as I graduated. Um, one of the guys that I worked with at the station in Lexington got hired in Paducah, and the Paducah story begins. Is that a bigger market? No, smaller but a bigger job. What was the job? Uh, middays, so to host 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. and be the production director. Were you rock and rod in Lexington in college? Mm, so that's where it started because I was on a top 40 station, and then if well, you won't remember, but I admit it, it was the second Top 40 station. In other words, there was a more popular Top 40 station. So we weren't popular enough, and we switched formats to oldies. So when it became oldies, I was still doing nights, and the program director decided to call me Rock and Rod because we were playing the Jackson 5. Do you go to Paducah as Rock and Rod? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I got stuck I with did. Bobby Bones. I wish it would, you know, looking back. Yeah. I wouldn't and Thankfully, have. I didn't get stuck with it. I mean, but it stuck for a while. I was rock and rod for 10, I mean. Yeah, I that's mean a long 10, time. I mean, eight, eight or nine years. Yeah. You're in Paducah. Okay, from Paducah, where do you go? So from, well, I was in Paducah for a long time. So the reason Nick had heard of a guy named Rock and Rod is um, I started on the, I started doing that midday show, but I was doing sports. Remember, I wanted to be the sports guy. <laughs> they let me do sports on the morning show. And that morning guy left, and then I got the morning show. So I hosted mornings in Paducah for five years as Rock and Rod. Was that your dream, to be a big national or just a big morning show host? Oh, I thought I was big at that point, right? I was doing mornings in Paducah, man. Let's go. 
because it was morning radio. I mean, you know, still the sort of the, the premier spot on a radio station these days. Um, it was even more so, I would say, you know, in the early 90s. <laughs> you're at Paducah for a while. You're doing mornings. Have your first, uh, you know, management position. Yep, I was also the PD. Eyeballs are big. You're like, let, where, what's the next move? Next move was that I needed a break from being a manager. I mean, I was a program director at 21 years old. It was crazy because I, I shouldn't have been, probably. I made a lot of mistakes. But I got an offer to go do mornings in Green Bay, which is basically my hometown. And it was mornings only, n- no program director. You just get to do a morning show. I was like, yeah, that sounds cool. Let's do that. Was it? Uh, it was. <laughs> I mean, I love this guy. Um, it's probably no chance. Well, I guess he could hear this. But loved him as a human, but he was a bad top 40 program director. And I was like, man this is cool and I'm having fun, but this isn't going to work. So I didn't feel confident. Now I'm not the boss and now I'm picking on the boss, right? It was, I just didn't think with the way we were structured, we were going to be successful. So then I took a different job to be the morning guy and the program director again. So now I moved again and I moved to Wausau, Wisconsin. I mean, the career's jumping, right? We're, I mean, I'm hitting all the small markets. And from Wausau, you go where? Wausau, I went to, yeah, we should escalate this. So then I go to Louisville. I, okay, uh, pretty good. Yeah, that was a pretty big jump. Spot. Yeah. No, that was a big jump. That's market, you know. So Wausau was ranked 150th in the country. Was, there was 149 other markets bigger than where I was, and I went to market 50. So that was a big deal. I mean, you're Kentucky and Wisconsin, you're married to those two states at this point. Oh, yeah. Well, that's where I'm from. I was born in Wisconsin. I, no, I mean, I get it, no, but are you I, just I mean, looking for markets where you had DNA? No, you know no, it just, that's a really good question and a way deeper story. It was really ironic that I got a job offer in Kentucky. I, I really wasn't. Had nothing to do with was, you being there before? No. Okay. Random. Louisville, you have success there or did you get fired? Uh, no, big success there. And we uh, launched a top 40 station in Cincinnati and they pulled me out of Louisville quickly to, big jump. to move me to Cincinnati. And now it's on. Big now, jump. Now, from a radio perspective, things are going well. Pressure. Oh, yeah, yeah, Our company was based out of Cincinnati, so I was working in Cincinnati, and the bosses lived in that town. Your Pressure pro- is high. Program high. director? Program director of a top 40. Is it a, was it a KISS FM then? Uh-huh. Or just a KISS? One or? of the first KISS FMs. I mean, there's KISS FM in LA, so then we started having other top 40 stations called KISS, and it was one of the first new KISS stations. How did Cincinnati go? Uh, work. Worst to first in 18 months. We were ranked 14th. And you must have been a hero. The bell of the ball in the company. Well, that's why I went to Chicago. You went Cincinnati to Chicago. Yeah. Uh, Chicago's third biggest market in the Correct. whole United States. Correct. I'd imagine that's, a, again, a whole different ballgame when you get there. Huge. Uh, but yes. I, I didn't think so. I was 32 and didn't care. Youngest PD in town by a lot. Yeah, but I had it, right? I was cocky and thought I, I had it all figured out. Um, but similar to other jobs that I had because I was sort of young, you know, at the time that I first got it. I only knew about half of what I, what I should have, and I probably made it. Well, I did. I made a lot of mistakes, but I was, I, was, I was good enough at the radio thing to create a radio station and a brand with people and personalities and shows to make it, to make it work, too. What happened to Chicago? Uh, Chicago was great for six and a half years, which for wow, my career a was time. a long time. Yeah, Yeah, and then it wasn't. Because they fired me. How do you get fired? 
Uh, it it was in general. Uh, my boss got fired. Mm. Don't recall the right. So new boss comes in, and then there was people. one other boss, you know, between me and him, and they were ready to just do it different with people they wanted to hire. How did they tell you that? Uh, you're fired. That's I mean no no uh, no that's they don't just go you're fired and it's over. Like, do you get a call going to see at nine a.m.? Do you go hey yeah. we'd like to see in the what what happens? I mean I got a call I. I I found out I was getting fired, which was, oh, yeah. which was interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so you, yeah. you knew. You well, knew I found out I was getting fired, so then I waited. Oh, no. I waited to go back to work after the ratings came out because mm. I at least figured the ratings would be good. I guess getting fired, though, for not cause, meaning you didn't pee on Correct. the secretary. Correct. And you had a good six and a half years there. Mm-hmm. That's not, you're, you're not blackballed. You're not unhirable. No. You pro- did the company want to put you somewhere else because they understood how important you were? After they fired me, yes, but right after. Within a couple of days, they, they were talking to me about... Within a, a couple of days? Days. Jeez, and so where do you go? Miami. And what do you do there? So I went to Miami to, uh, to run primarily, again, the Top 40 station. That's what I did at, for a living, right? I was a Top 40 program director, uh, and I was in charge of a couple of other stations at that time. That, ironically, one of them was Hispanic. Um, reggaeton at the time uh, and a couple of other formats. And then quickly after being there, I was put in charge of all seven stations in Miami and we sort of had an incredible run with the top 40 station there. When I first met you, you flew into Austin, Texas. I was doing mornings. I never met an executive before. No executive had ever talked to me before. I thought it was a big deal. I remember going to have dinner at True Lux and not the one downtown with a lot of riffraff. Yeah. We went to the one a little north in town. I was very nervous. You weren't nervous. I was. It was a huge day. I'd never met an executive before. Mm. I mean, of course I was petrified. You were going into Waco, which was your market, mm-hmm. which I got later on as well, which you gave to me. And so what was that job and where were you living then? So I was probably, well, I wasn't. I, I moved quickly to Cincinnati. The Miami job went so well that then I got this executive job you're talking about. So, um, but, but, but I got to back up because I don't think we talked when I was the program director in Miami, but I wanted to use your show or parts of it on Y100. And I was trying to figure out how to do that. In Miami? Mm Mm-hmm. But what do you mean parts of it? So What about me though? Because I didn't know you until you came. Michael Yo told me about it though. He's like, you got to hear Bobby Bones, man. And then I listen, and I'm like, oh, yeah, we, getting, we, we should use the Bobby Bone show other places, like Miami. And I was trying to figure out how to do that. This is before the technology that made it easier and, and way more common. Um, I just couldn't figure it out at the time. I didn't know how to, how to get that ball rolling. I did not know Michael Yo had ever said anything nice about me. I know he didn't say anything bad. He, I never met him because he left Austin. He was the night guy. Right. There was one other night guy that was quickly there in and out. And then I was doing nights in Austin before mornings. Mm. And I always thought, Michael, it was awesome. Yeah. It sounded good. But I never sounded good. Meaning you didn't listen once and go, that guy's got a heck of a voice and a heck of a delivery. <laughs> I mean, really? people, people don't you know, they don't say that now. <laughs> and they don't say that then. So why would you hear a 25-year-old with a Southern accent who really doesn't talk that well and go, got to have them somehow? So there was something about about my brain that turned. We used to all talk, you know, we used to have a voice, we bring it down as deep as we could. I mean, it, it was, everybody tried to be that guy. 
And there was something about unique voices to me, even when I was sort of young in, in, in helping build radio stations, that I thought was more interesting. I mean, I hired Java Joel. I don't know if you're familiar with Java, but if you think you don't have a radio voice, he definitely doesn't have a radio voice, right? He has a right? pretty solid delivery, though. His delivery is good, but yeah. it's, I mean, it's it's a sound that's that, Definitely that a was sound. not acceptable, if mm. you will, to a lot of program directors who wanted everybody to sound higher pitch voice, very high pitch. And but yeah, I loved, I love, obviously, I loved it. I hired him, so I I hired him. I hired uh, Mac at night twice. Um, I hired people who didn't sound like radio people because I thought that was different. So and th- this will go way too nerdy into programming radio stations, but there are. There are voices of radio stations, right? The big ninety-eight, right? the There's big that, guy who comes on, yeah, is that, like that big ten in a row and, coming at you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So on the last couple stations that I ran day to day, I took the voice guy off and said, "No more of that. Let's just use people who talk like Bobby Bones to do our sweepers and our liners that say the big ninety-eight. And I thought early on something triggered in me that we needed to be more real and more natural. I don't I don't know why. I mean maybe a, maybe it's a research project and I noticed something or maybe my brain just clicked that I should do that. So for me when I went to listen to your show cuz Michael Yo said you got to hear it and Mark Chase knew about it at the time and we talked about you in Miami you know, had no idea we were talking about you and I went to listen to it and I'm like, "Yeah, that's cool. That's great." I just the vibe, the energy, the realness, the natural, the anti-radio sound that was also then the content was compelling and interesting, I, I was all in. So I had that in the back of my mind. Then I get the executive job. I'm still paying attention to what you're doing and you're self-syndicating and you're on in Wichita and the ratings are screaming huge. And I just wanted to reach out and be like, okay, what are we going to do here? Because you need to do more. It shouldn't just be you syndicating your show throughout Texas and kind of that area into Oklahoma and Kansas. Um, so then we started talking. Why would the company, looking back, let me – Run wild. I mean, I, I know why they let me spend all my money because I did spend most of my year and a half checks yeah. on building. Why would they let me do that? Though? I don't know. Like they, it was almost like they were like, "We don't care what you do because it ain't gonna work." And they were, they probably were right most of the time. But they just freely said, "You can go be be on whatever you want to be on as long as you can do the work, pay for it, and just get out yeah. of our hair." Why would they ever let me do that? It definitely wasn't normal. I mean, we we do that more and more as we go along. There are a lot of personalities on in towns across the country um but it, it i don't have the answer it was, it was sort of unique i mean or sh- at least go, were, or at least go let us help you pay for it and we'll own part of it but they didn't they were just like hey kid go on just yeah do, do well i thing. think you did the right thing in terms of you know you you weren't on in austin and, and instantly trying to syndicate into houston where people of you know uh, with much who get much bigger paychecks are paying attention right it was you you were able to syndicate into Towns across Texas. Very small towns. Beaumont, Lubbock, Tuscaloosa. Yep. I mean, it was those, but that's all who would have me. Trust me, I'd have been on Houston immediately. I'd been like, hey, <laughs> For let's, sure. let's go. But when you were doing it on your own and kind of like like sliding, you know, into home under the tag, like it was like, it, I agree. I don't know why, but it worked because you were able to get, really Wichita was the game changer for me. Um, still not the biggest market around, but. Great sized town. It was right? a game changer and for it me. Was a game changer. Yeah, because the ratings, even today, like it's it's like nothing you see. Why are you so Why are you so popular there? That's the question. I, I, I think I mean, I as think popular as you I, can be. I think I'm still loyal to the place that was very loyal to me. Yeah, I think we still do a good show. I think as much as we've changed and gotten older, and 
things have changed. And I think a big change for me has been trying to somewhat, I uh, use the word normal, be normal, even though my life has completely abnormal now. Oh, I mean, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, there's nothing normal about you. Nothing. I mean, there was nothing. People would always go, man, you just, sometimes I, I worry you're not going to be relatable. I was like, yes, I've, I've never been, I've always been nuts. Yeah. Neurotic. Like, people did, the ways people relate to me are how I got here, meaning how I grew up. Yeah. But I'm bonkers in the head. For sure. And so I was never the guy that you just related to by listening to his thoughts. Yeah. It was always the guy you related to because... He understood, I'm using me as a third person here, he understood kind of what you're going through and what you've been through. And I think that was always the way I'd create a relationship and then hopefully I would just be entertaining and compelling. But I think Kansas in general, Wichita specifically, I think I, I've just been super loyal to them. I go back. Yeah. I, I've, I'm, I'm vocal about it. Same thing with But Austin. when I say it's popular, I mean, it, the, the But it won't ratings. always be, right? But it won't always be. <sighs> it, it, it definitely won't always be. I mean, it's been 15 years. Well, you know, well the 16th is always the bad one. <laughs> In every pair of Tacova's boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. A great pair of Western boots will elevate a casual look or add a refined flair that'll draw both eyes and compliments. Tacova's boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they'll last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tacova store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. They offer custom branding and leather stamping if you want to personalize your boots or fine leather goods. And stay cool in short sleeve moisture wicking pearl snap or make your own shade with one of their classic straw hats, new in both men's and women's styles. And if you're planning to hit the road, Tacova's ever-growing lineup of rugged and full-grain leather bags will get you where you're headed in style and are built to last decades. Visit tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. Tacovas dot com. And don't go gently, y'all. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. I just want to say thanks to everybody who has stepped up for the kids at St. Jude. St. Jude's been leading the way in the world's best survival rates for some of the most aggressive forms of childhood cancer. Your support means that families never get a bill from St. Jude for treatment or travel or housing or food. So the families can focus on helping their child live. And that really hits home for me because I've been to St. Jude many times. I've hung out with the kids, played music for the kids. I was in the hospital a lot as a kid. Now, I didn't have cancer, but if it wasn't for people stepping up, I don't know that I would have been able to go and stay in the hospital and be taken care of. So that's why we do this, take care of others. You can help St. Jude stop childhood cancer by becoming a partner in hope. When you do this, you'll get this awesome new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. So join all the doctors and researchers, you know, and me, in this fight and just text the word Bobby to 785-833. It's only six numbers, but text the word Bobby to 785-833. How do you get here to Nashville? I would say a lot of it had to do with your show. So that launched in 2013. You know, you came in and, and the country world is like, what the heck's going on here? Yeah, it's ugly. He's not a country boy. What's happening? I mean, you were a country boy. I got in trouble but, every week. But yeah. Oh, I remember. It was it was really it was really bad. Yeah, and, and I guess because it was largely my idea, I was sort of the executive in charge, um, unofficially for the most part. But if something was going on with the show, I got the phone call um, because I trusted you and I would listen to you. That helped, and I would listen to others, but I would listen with mm, they don't really know what they're talking about. <laughs> so I'm going to hear you. Well, I appreciate that, but it's because we connected early, right? And at least had 
had trust in each other, uh, loyalty in each other, and then like if you're gonna, I mean, I never thought you yeah. were you had ulterior motives with me. And same. Yeah, right. Yeah. I, mean, I, mean, I think that's, that's probably good, why. That's a good point. So you got here in 2013, show launches, and then two years later, the job I do now to oversee country, uh, Clay was doing it, and he got out of radio and went to a different field, and it was an open job. And uh, that closed pretty quickly. I mean, I, I, at that point, largely with my connection to the show, which is quickly becoming the most syndicated show in country radio, and now country radio history um i think that, it's the most syndicated now on music period yeah probably so, yeah music based for yeah, sure yeah. yeah um so that had the door open and then it really only i could screw that up i mean i actually never programmed a country station before because it was always top 40 but good programming is good programming and i wanted that and i was into country music like genuinely into it and we had our connection and the show was growing and so they made me and named me head of iHeart Country. The timing was... Which actually just, didn't exist. Yeah, true. That iHeart Country didn't. launched in 2015. Yep. I think it was extremely fortunate for both of us that the show had turned a corner and wasn't just growing, but was then starting to be successful. Thank it had God. Taken a f- because <laughs> then, as you know, leverage is important. And I, was, and I finally had ears of people too. And I was like, yep. this is the guy. Like, he has every... This is the guy. This is the guy. This is the guy. And they brought you here. And now you've been here... Seven, seven, seven local. I mean, again, attached longer than that. But you were attached before I got here. Yeah, you and I. Oh yeah, for, you and yes, I played correct. golf in Austin, and you were like, "Man, we gotta get you on some country stations." Even before this was even a thing. Yeah, and it was like, "Yeah, we love it," but pie in the sky, mm-hmm. and then we're kind of in the pie now. You think this runs? <laughs> what do you think about this run? Uh, to date, or I don't know. Yeah, what, me either. What do you think about it? Um. Well, it's funny. You talked about the, the the Radio Hall of Fame. I can't believe that was five years ago. I don't think I talked about that here today. Uh, maybe not. We talked about it when I walked in. Yeah. Um, you're in the Radio Hall of Fame. That's true. No, we did because you said you... I don't think it was on the mic, though. Oh, sorry. Because so, there's a picture out there, and you said that was 2017. Well, we went to Chicago, and you were inducted to the Radio Hall oh, of Fame. Oh, I said he spoke at the Radio yeah. Hall of Fame. That's right. You did. You spoke when I was inducted. And yes. that's crazy that that was 2017. Five years ago. 2017. Mm-hmm. So it was five years ago. You know... Part of it is, I feel like we've been doing this thing in Nashville together for three years, and part of it feels like 15, like anything in life, I right. guess, especially through COVID. I mean, our timing just got messed up in our heads. So, uh, you know, let's go on the, on the longer side. It feels like we've been doing it for, quote, unquote, a long time. But in the grand scheme of radio, um, you know, Scott Shannon did morning radio at a high level in New York for 30 years, probably. So is 10 a lot or is 10 the beginning or is 10 the middle i mean it's been an incredible freaking nine and a half right yeah it's been pretty wild and i luckily on the executive side because you know my show they've been with me the whole time right amy lunchbox except for you know when i was still figuring out who i was way back in austin before i was able to hire amy but amy lunchbox you know even eddie at this point him and i've been friends even before the radio show Raymundo was an intern. Mike was an intern. It's just a whole, like, I like to keep my crew and I like to see them grow. I like to watch them get better and they make me better. But even on the executive side, it's been like me, you, and Jen Limegruber the Jennifer whole Limegruber. time. Mm-hmm. That's also, I think, well, I guess we'd have to compare how often does that happen. But for us, it's been, it's been awesome in terms of 
we do feel like we're in it together, right? Oh, um, and, with I mean, you and Jen in the trenches the whole time, and even when I know I'm getting reprimanded for something, <laughs> I know it's either you guys have to do it, or... I let Jen do that. Or it's for a reason I probably don't understand all the different parts. And I know that I'm not in a lot of times because I'm being protected by you guys. Well, that's true. Good point. We, uh, we, we'll run cover for you sometimes. Um, but that's fine. That's also part of our job. I mean, um, things can seem... Uh, can have misperceptions outside of what we're doing daily, and sometimes we have to talk to the people that I report to and say, "Well, no, hold on, let me let me let me reset this for you on what this feels like, looks like." Um, you know, it's very important what iHeart does in Nashville. I mean, we have a lot of partnerships and, and business conversations that happen every day, and your show is a big part of that. Um, you know, most people now, and really for years and years and years, but as of now. If you're country music, country music artist, country music wannabe, country music superstar, you want to be on the Bobby Bone Show. So that is, I mean, I, I, that comes up daily in my job, and you're not the only part of my daily job, right? Like, there's a bunch of other stuff going on, but um, nothing gets mentioned more than the Bobby Bone Show and some guy named Bobby Bones. Well, what gets mentioned to me most is Rod never answers his phone. Yeah. Like, yeah. It doesn't matter who it is. Like, we Whatever. can't get a hold of Rod. And I'm like, well, listen, when, when Keith Urban's calling him three times a day, what do you expect? <laughs> I pick up Keith's call. The, the future of the format, let's say the future in the next three to five years, musically, what, do you, what are you thinking, guessing? It's pure guess is going to happen. Pure guess is going to happen is that the, the, uh, the sonic branding of country is different, right? I, what I mean by that is, is um, whether it's Dan and Shay on the pop side or Chris Stapleton on the traditional side, the uh, uh, sort of amount of music and different kinds of sounds that are allowed in, if you will, is wider than ever, meaning we're sort of accepting of more different sounds. I think we've, I think we've reached our limit and maybe even are going to narrow it in the next five years. And I think country music will sound more like country music from five really 10 years ago for the next five years. I do. I think that there's a, just a more pure music. Um, you know, we've been dealing with beats on songs for a long time now. And I hear, I hear artists who were using those stop doing that. And it's all real, real instruments and things like that. Um, and country is going to be country as wide as it can be. It kind of ebbs and flows in, in sound. I mean, Shania Twain probably wasn't very country, right? When she was, when her big big hits were out, they they were also top forty hits. Um, so we have that always in this format. But I I would say for the next five years, it's going to sound a little more like what country gets credit for sounding like. Three final questions. What I don't have, think you agree. By the way, you looked at me on that. I don't care. Yeah. You know, the people will will decide. Even yeah. though you you have a big hand in decision making you make your decisions based off what the people like and their tastes yeah. and so so yes and not that i don't care it's just there's only so much that i can care and control yeah and so i'll never be the guy that nails the music exactly i like what i like some of it i really like in country some of it i don't at all but that ain't it's not my thing it's not my personal opinion that that makes these radio stations go yeah and as long as i can come on and be compelling I don't care if they play a song or not. You can play Frank Sinatra records. Well, even though, <laughs> true, <laughs> true. But yeah, I mean, country music is my original. That's my OG music. Yeah. But I've never 
gone, well, I, I should be the voice of country music. Like, as far as I should tell everybody what they like. Yeah. I, you know? Yeah, but it's interesting you're Makes seeing sense. more of that because you see it on a macro level, the sonic parts of it, the instrumentation. That's, that's pretty cool. I like it. Well, and you, and you see just the, the artists who have made the most noise and, and sort of had a career launch, whether it's Luke Combs. Yeah. I mean, Kane Brown. He obviously also has pop songs, but he can get pretty country. I mean, he sounds like a country boy. He's Mor- very country. Mar- Kane's a country guy. Morgan yeah. Wallen? Yeah. <laughs> right? Lainey Wilson? I think people love, well, I don't think, I know, they love her sound. So I think that sound is going to be more prevalent than it has in the last couple of years. All right, final three questions. Yep. Qu- quickly. Why did you hate the morning corny? Uh, I thought the morning corny, the, the name or the, I didn't, I don't, I, I've never hated, hated the bit. Yeah, I don't know about that. I really? Remember, I, oh, I, to me it was I, just I came name. to you and I said, hey, I want to do this thing. It sounded very, too simple to it's me. It's very quick. Exactly. I'm like, that's a corny name. It is. And that's the, <laughs> yes. I said, hey, we're going to do something called the morning corny. It's going to be like, super what? simple, that's, throwaway, like, very quick, top of the hour. You're like, oof, I don't know. I'm like, just trust me on this. And you're like, well, okay. And then we did it. And. Listen, I don't know if it's about to die or not, but it's had quite a run. Oh, yeah. No, I, listen, I don't remember uh, not liking the bit. It's, there's nothing to it. It's literally yeah, but, nothing. But I, like, but I like the execution of right. it. Right. I like the... Okay. Yeah. It yeah. actually makes me laugh even when it's not funny, usually because of the reaction in the room. What's the craziest slash dumbest slash riskiest thing that I've done where you felt, well, that could be it? Oh man, we could probably do a list of those. Oh, I mean, for and, sure. and it doesn't start with the with the uh, the EAS, the million dollar fine. Fine, yeah. that was a million dollars. bucks. It would have been more. Thankfully, there's a station in California that fixed that for us. A million dollars. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, so, you know, I think early on, I, I feel like, well, let me say it this way: you've done um, a really good job of processing the feedback because I know you personally and it does personally bother you when people attack anybody. Like I've seen it. You protect people that you're loyal to when they get attacked and social media allows people to get attacked. And even the bit from your live show the other night, you know, was, was there was a bit about, you know, what all the comments on social media. And I, I was really worried that you would get pulled into you know, a Twitter battle and, and it was so personal to you that you couldn't let it go. And I'm like, I just need you to let it go. And you've learned as a human, if you will, how to take that, understand it. A lot of it's just BS, right? People are just throwing it out just to be, just, just, just just because they got nothing better to do. And you would take it so personally because, because it is a personal attack, whether the person means it or not. Now you feel it. And I think because you felt it, you understand that how the sensitivity over how Caitlin gets it. And you're fiercely protective of that like you should be. But I think, you know, and, I, and I'm sure she's learning the hard way, but you have and your response to that now, it gets harder as we go further along through life with social media. And I think you've overcome that in a very quick, powerful way. Because that could have caused problems, Right. By the way, it could have been Twitter war with not only listeners, but artists and oh, yeah. wannabe I, I, artists. Listen, I and, fought with everybody, right? Yeah. No doubt. I fought with everybody. Uh, final question. Did you think I'd ever get married? Yes, but I don't know why. Let me think about that. You know, there's this piece of me that thinks you're way more normal than you are, right? Meaning uh, people are – it's part of why people are intrigued with you as a as a persona, right? As a, as a, as a celebrity, as a host – 
because uh, the rest of us are just too boring to be interesting every day. And that's hard to ground somebody. But I know you personally enough to know that there's a grounded dude in there too. And it's probably this dynamic of how you were raised and the way your life has gone and the people around you and relatives and not relatives raising you and being integrated with you, friends coming and going. But I know there's a grounded guy who can get married, which you have now. And now we've seen Mike Deal tell me if he's like honest enough or maybe he said it like and and we've seen her bring that out in you when we're just hanging out, which is awesome. Because if I ever said anything along the way... I wondered was, if I'd ever get married because I never even met anybody who I thought there's a possibility to marry. So then I thought it was just me. So that probably is what I'm like, yes. And I'm like, well, did I? Because yes, because I knew you to be a person who could be married. But yeah, if I go back in time, how would you find her? Like, who, And who would be who would fill that role the right way? Any conversation we had that was long in my office or at a we'd go eat somewhere or whatever because we were together a lot randomly would be how's it going like what you think you'll ever like relax slow down settle down which is a bit the opposite i think of a lot of managers to their subordinate <laughs> right where it's can like, you do more yeah right. where it's like we need you to do more yeah we need i you need to, you to slow down every time we need you to make make sure that you're, you're getting this cup i would think at this point there's you don't worry about that but i think sometimes you worried that i was so much like that that I might burn out or pop. Well, for me, it was it was frustrating, but not in a negative way. It was frustrating for you that I didn't feel like you were um, understanding the success along the way or feeling the success. Never, you, never. You, you're like, nope, not good enough. Got to keep going. Yeah, never. And I'm like, well, well, hold on. Stop and realize what you've built in a very short amount of time. And then two years later, and I've said to you a couple of times, and I think you said, I, how have I mentioned Scott Shannon twice in this, right? I've never even met him myself. But you met Scott Shannon once, a long, long, long-time radio guy. And uh, I think he reiterated what I said, which was, enjoy the ride. And I think now it's it's Caitlin. It's meeting Caitlin, getting married to Caitlin, being with Caitlin. You're enjoying the ride, in my opinion, watching you more than ever. And that's what I wanted for you was to enjoy it so you don't have to look back on it like enjoy the successes while the successes are happening i was going to give out your instagram because we often wrap that but i don't want people messaging you begging for spins oh by the way last time i mean and i get it we talked a little bit more about how to pick music and i just got berated by the people who who are music fans you can never play enough different you music, said for music, music snob, but yes go ahead i said what you said you miss said music snob you said music fan but yes this, this <laughs> not, yeah well, it's people who, who yeah, the, the active music seekers mm-hmm. didn't like anything what I said about picking music on the radio, which is understandable. It's just a different thought process. But yeah, the social media. So up. I'm just going to leave you off this. Uh, I'll end with two things. One, you still use the name Rod Phillips, even though that's not your name. It was your on-air name. You can't, it's hard to shake a name. If I stop being on the air, I'd probably still have to be Bobby Bones inside the industry because that's what everybody knew me as. Correct. But I just think you should go back to Rock and Rod Phillips. <laughs> And combine it all. That's Not number one. Head dingling. King dingling. King. Why do we keep rhymes? saying head? Kingling, dingling, king, king, ding, dingling, dingling, king, dingling. Got it. Yeah. And then secondly, it has been for me the greatest to have been able to do this alongside of you because I would not be here without you and Jen, frankly. And all those times you guys have had my back, that I don't even know it. Every time you say it, I promise you, I appreciate it. Like the first time you you said it, because I think that as driven as you are and as fast as you can go, 
you could have, you know, gone faster than that and right by people who are helping you. The fact that you stop and pay attention to those folks and one of them is me is appreciated. Um, so I'm just glad we're doing it together. Mike, anything you want to say? He's your boss. Thanks for replying to my text. I'm coming, coming by. <laughs> How fast did I reply to that? Huh? Pretty quick. Pretty yeah. Quick. Well, look, I know you got a lot of stuff to do, and we, we've done over an hour. Uh, thank you. We should do this every couple years. <laughs> In five? And, yeah. <laughs> How long ago since the last one we talked to him? Do you know? Oh, uh, that was on the radio show. We didn't do it on here. Oh, what? oh that was just in the seat. Yeah. Yeah. Next Which to is- it. This is ago, the maybe. first time we've done it this long, then? Mm. Oh, yeah. And if it was over an hour, that's interesting. It's over an hour. Hour and 15? Mm-hmm. I, I don't get bored talking about it. Yeah, hour and 15. Uh, thank you. You guys, that, that's that's Rock and Rod. You can find them on your <laughs> Paducah radio station on the dial. 97.3. What was your station? Maximum Hits, 97 FM. Maximum Hits? Worst, Maximum was listen, in the title of the worst station? name. I'm like, what? Where what? Maximum. Maximum Hits, 97 FM. All right, I got to work out. All right, there he is. Rod Phillips, everybody. This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines. Plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines. All on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. In every pair of Tacova's boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. Tacova's boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they will last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tacova store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. Visit Tacova's.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. And don't go gently, y'all. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.